The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew in the 6th chapter. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Some of you probably remember, some of you may be too young to remember, but do you know what groupies are? What are groupies? Okay, they follow the bands around, right? Because they like want to get close, they want to know more about them, they want to maybe touch them or touch their clothes, or maybe they'll get something thrown at them, or maybe they'll get a guitar, I don't know. But anyway, they follow the bands around, groupies. We still have groupies that follow bands around, but now they do it electronically on Twitter. <laughs> and they probably know a whole lot more about the bands now than they ever did back then uh, when they actually followed them. But we know what groupies are. But there's really all different kinds of groupies. Does everybody have like a favorite sports team? All right, so what are you then? If, yeah, if, if you like to follow a team, you're a fan, right? Okay, you're a groupie. All right, you're part of the group that wants to follow that team. We're all groupies. We all want to be part of something. Even if we convince ourselves that we're being ourselves, being our own person, being something different. Do you remember something? I'm sure some of you remember. Maybe you even were hippies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Hippies, that whole generation was what? Very anti-establishment. Okay, they wanted to go their own way. They didn't want to be like everybody else. They wanted to to make their own statement, be their own person. The, the motto was, if it feels good, do it. Okay? Be your own person. Do your own thing. But, in order to be a hippie, you had 
to have your hair a certain way. You had to talk a certain way. You had to dress a certain way. You had to act a certain way. In other words, you had to be part of the group, right? <laughs> For all their wanting to be independent, they're groupies. But every one of us here is a groupie. In fact, we're probably part of different groups. It may be a neighborhood association. It may be a club. It may be a team. It may be something else, but we are groupies. Every one of us, groupies. Because we like to belong to groups. We like to keep up with groups, keep track of groups. We're groupies. Well, there's another group that we belong to. And for, for want of a better term, I'm going to call it the death group. The death group. Our founding father was Adam. He was the first. And you know the story, and you know about Adam and Eve and how they fell away. And then God comes to Adam and he says this. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. That's part of the curse after the fall that was put on Adam and Eve. So, this was not God's intent. It was not God's intent for it to turn out this way. When he created Adam and Eve, his intent was for them to have everything they needed to supply their, their wants, to have everything they needed to live there in the garden, to have face-to-face -face contact with God, to be able to walk with him in the evening, and to be able to live forever, and to never have, tr have trouble, never have pain, never have any of that kind of stuff. That was his intent. But they decided to listen to a different voice. Eve listened to the serpent. Adam listened to Eve. They listened to a different voice and they messed it up. And so God said, now this wonderful thing I intended for you is not going to happen. And so the dust that I made you out of, eventually you're going to go back to it instead of living forever. And in between, in between, it's going to be a pain in the neck. In between, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have things that don't work out right. Some things will work out, but then they're just not always going to work out right. There's going to be thorns sticking up and getting you in your life. And then you go back to where you came from, and it's over. See, we're part of that death group too. 
Because we can't, even though we inherited all that from Adam, we can't say, well, it's Adam's fault. Adam and Eve tried that. They tried pointing the finger, didn't they? Eve said, well, the serpent tricked me. And Adam said, well, she offered me something to eat and I couldn't resist. Okay? But we do the same thing. But the fact is, we find ourselves listening to a different voice sometimes instead of God's voice. We listen to other voices. We listen to other people. And we give in to that. So we are responsible for our own demise. And so we, like Adam, are headed to the same place. And we will, at the end of our lives, we will go back. And in between, we're going to have all those same things that sometimes work out, sometimes don't. But there's always going to be thorns sticking us. And we're going to feel them. And then we're back to dust. The ashes on your forehead are the symbol of that group. They're the symbol of that death group. There's another group, and for want of a better name, I call that one the life group. The life group. Because God wasn't satisfied to let us just go back to dust. He made us, and he loves us. And so he came up with his plan to give us life. Paul said, just as in Adam we all die, and so also in Christ we are made alive. And he said this over in Ephesians, he said, But because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. God's love overcame, overcomes that death group. Now that death group, everybody in creation, everybody that ever was, Everybody that's living now, everybody that ever will be, belongs to that group. Everybody. But not everybody belongs to the life group. The life group is considerably smaller. It belongs to those who will accept what God has done. Will accept it as their own. And accepting it means also accepting our part in making it necessary. Okay, it means accepting the fact that we're the problem, that we're the ones that caused it, and that Christ came as the solution. The oil on your forehead is the symbol of the life group because it's the oil, and being anointed with oil that brings healing and brings power. So on your forehead, you have the sign of both groups. The death group and the life group. We belong to both groups at the same time. Martin Luther said it like, at the same time, saint and sinner. We belong to both groups. And one day that death group is going to take us back to the dust. 
but then we will rise from that dust because we're part of the life group. And because in Christ, we've been made alive. So the message of this day, Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, the beginning of a Lenten journey that takes us to Holy Week and to Easter, the message of this day is twofold. One, it's a day of repentance. It's a day of recognizing who we are. Recognizing what it is about us, where we're headed, and why we even need a Savior. And the second part is that God loves us in spite of ourselves. That he loves us enough that he gave up his son. So through this whole Lenten season, it's a time where we can do some self-examination and a time to take a good look at ourselves. But we will be reminded service after service during this season of the year that we have a God who loves us and gave up his son for us. And so after you wash this cross off your forehead, what I think you should do is every morning when you get up in the mirror and look, imagine that that cross is there. Ashes and oil. Death and life. And let that kind of guide you through this Lenten season. And I'm going to leave you with these verses that come from Psalm 103. I would encourage you, if you want to do this, to look them up on the computer. Print them out. Put them on a nice little card if you want to, whatever. Print them out, decorate it up, hang it someplace, and read this every day during this Lenten season. And I'm going to read this. Uh, It's written as though it's in third person singular. I'm going to make it second. From Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse you, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat you as your sins deserve or repay you according to your iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for you who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from you. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on you who fear him. For he knows how you are formed. He remembers that you are dust.